0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to you, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions. So we, though many, are one in body of with cheerfulness.
1: We might need to get larger towels at the worship committee. <laughs> um Met with Zach earlier, and it was it was it was great to try to go over uh, the vows and explain them in a in a in a way to be understood. And uh, in doing so, as we as we are looking over our vows of membership to think about what they mean and and to reduce them um, to the essential and, and simple to understand. Um, we are continuing to, to review uh, what it means to be um, a member of the church, the vows that we make as we become part of this covenant family and the promises and uh, the, the vow um, that we're looking at today is, is kind of the one, um, the, the fourth one we asked, do you promise to serve Christ and his church by supporting and participating with his congregation in its service of God and its ministry to others in the best of your ability? Um, I have to confess, in the, in the first few years of ministry, as I, as I preached Sunday after Sunday, I realized that as a pastor, not only preaching, but as someone who is usually trying to recruit people to do programs in the church, I, I recognized that so often my examples and illustrations of being a good Christian was teaching Bible school, serving on the deacons committee, um, doing some sort of committee work or, or helping out doing and doing something. And I, I realized how easy it is for us in the church as we talk about serving God to make that almost synonymous with doing some official thing in the church, um, helping out in the kitchen, serving as a greeter. We, we It's so easy to equate that. And... While that is part of it, before I even get into this, let me let me say that when we are called to follow Christ, that means we follow Christ in our whole life, not just within the walls of the church, not just under the auspices of something the session or the deacons are planning, but that we serve Christ in our family. We serve Christ in... In our community, just as citizens, good, being good neighbors to one another, we serve Christ and we are the church when we're at work or when we're at school, when we're doing the different things that we do, so that our call to follow Christ very well could be to help out, to volunteer for another organization. Our, our call to Christ might very well be to attend to a needy member of your family. And um, as, I, as I get into this, I'm, I'm very aware that it's easy for us to say, Following Jesus means taking on something in the church. And so your call to follow Christ as we get into this very well could be to be a church, to be a faithful member, but to serve in other places, in your family, in your community, and, and, and elsewhere. Uh, we are called in, uh, in two ways in, in this vow. We say that we will participate and be part of the church. First, in our service of God, and second, in our ministry to others. Um, and, and, and Romans 12 kind of lays this out. Uh, not that this is completely separate or distinct, but we can look at the things that we, we do in service of God. And then other things that we, we do on a more horizontal level of, of serving our neighbor. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, th- I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God... To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, there are many organizations that do similar things the church does. There's, there's many organizations that do, that do good works in a community. Um, you, know, you, you drive into town and there's usually a board with the different symbols of you know, the Lions Club and Exchange or Rotary and, and the different groups that do work within a community and it, it's good to be part of these. It's it's good to be involved in, and do things. But the church is a distinctly different thing. It's distinctly different. Um, I'll get some grammar people on me, I know. The church is a it's a different animal altogether. It's not just that we come together to do good works. We are the church of the living God. It's not that we do good deeds and we get together and pray and, 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 and things like that. It's that we are fundamentally a different a different organization altogether. That is, while those other groups do wonderful things, do good works, um, are, are, are a great way for different people of different thoughts to come together and serve a community, they can have a long history and, and do many good things in a the community, they are still a group of people who gather together and what, who gather together under their own initiative. The church is a group of people But we have been called by God into a relationship with him and with each other. It is the church that was purchased by Christ's blood, not to just make human society better, but to be an instrument for redeeming God's creation, for restoring God's kingdom. And fundamentally what is different and distinct about us though we might do good deeds like the Red Cross, we might be there partnering and in, in doing work with other groups is that we alone have been entrusted with the proclamation of the word and the administration of the sacraments, the means by which Christ presents himself and presents the gospel to the world. That is, while we <coughs> might be doing many good things, We are unique. Even apart from other, you know, kind of parachurch things like the Gideons or something, we are the ones who gather to praise God, to proclaim the gospel, to baptize, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to remember that we fundamentally are God's people, that we are here at his call and because he purchased us. And so the bedrock of our promise to participate is a promise to participate. On the Lord's Day, in corporate worship with each other, Romans 12.1, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Um, certainly includes more than being in worship. Certainly includes much more than coming together on the Lord's Day. But by no means does it mean anything less. The very foundation of our ministry as a church is that we come together and we remember who we are and we hear the gospel and we we see the gospel presented to us so that we are nurtured to go back and proclaim him through word and deed and and to do our work as Christians, as citizens, and as members of families, and as in our career and in our studies. The bedrock is that we are a worshiping community. T.S. Eliot said, where there is no... Worship, there can be no true community, and where there is no community, there can be no true worship. The two are tied together. And so uh, I want to say a few words fundamentally about our worship together, our our life of worship together. Um, Our whole setup here looks very much like what we're used to when we go to see a movie. When we, we go to hear someone entertain us. When we, when we go to the rough and the, the setup is not that much different. And so it's very easy for us to look at what we do here on Sunday mornings under the same eyes that, and the same view that we tend to view other ways that we are entertained. And we're used to being entertained. We demand to be entertained. We are constantly entertained. Our, our, our question that we are constantly asking ourselves is, am I at this moment happy? We're so used to having a screen in front of our face. Um, Someone walked in on me in the office. I had my phone and my iPad and the computer in the background. We we have screens in front of us all the time. We put screens in our minivans so the kids um, can be entertained. And thank God for whoever thought of that. (laughs) I'm not going against it. But we are used to magazines on our treadmills. I can't run if I don't have, we have the television on, in front of the treadmill. If you see me and I don't have a screen in front of me, I have earplugs in. And uh, I know some of y'all shout at me as I walk through, but I'm listening to uh, The Who or The Rolling Stones, and I am going to be entertained if I'm doing something. I probably don't have to make this point too strong because my guess is within, view, within your field of vision, you probably see someone on that phone at this moment. The danger is that we come in and think this is entertainment. And it, if you do, it's admittedly lousy entertainment. <laughs> we, we come in and we see a stage, we hear music, and a wonderful job. And we are so used to being entertained as we subconsciously view this as under the same way we say entertainment. And so we ask ourselves, am I having fun? Is this, is this entertaining? Is this you know, it's just stimulating to me. And it seems as passive as any other form of entertainment. You don't have to think that very hard to watch most of what's on TV, to enjoy a movie. And we get used to being in front of things that we don't have to think that hard about. Worship is not entertainment. That I know I don't have to illustrate. Y'all know that. How would it change... If every time you came into worship, you remembered that worship is not entertainment, how would it change if you remembered that the foundational service of God is your worship on the Lord's day? If you think about this not in terms of, is this going to be fun, but is this a place for me not to receive something, but to offer up my spiritual worship? This is the time the church gathers As a church, not just as individuals, but as a body to offer up our sacrifice to hear that transforming world word that keeps us from being conformed to the world. I want to say a few things of what it might be that if we remind ourselves is this is the foundational way we offer up our bodies as living sacrifice. Number one is attendance might be a little bit different. If you view this as something you come to consume, you're going to find something much more interesting. I know it. But if it's your service to God, there's no way or, where else you can hear God's word as a community and see the sacraments and offer yourself up with your brothers and sisters for the mutual edification and building up of the body. Whatever takes place. I mean, you, if this is something to consume, you don't need much of it. If this is something to consume and, or to entertain or kind of stimulate, uh, you'll find something better. And I want to say that those things reveal your priorities. If you are about worshiping God, if you are about offering yourself up in service to God, you will see that being with your brothers and sisters is the top priority for the Lord today. Does God take place in your priorities? Um, and let me just, a very practical way under this, when you travel... Do you have a place that you worship? If, if you have a vacation place, if you you um, you know if you have kids in college and, and you go visit, do you have a place where you worship? Um, after we get our hotel on a vacation, the next Google is Presbyterian and the name of the town we're going to. Make it into your plans of, if I'm going to be away from here, this is not a vacation from God, find a place to worship. Number two, If we remember this is not about being entertained, if we remember this is not something I consume, this is not something that I'm passively here, it will change the way you judge what is good worship. You see, if entertainment is central, then what I like is the most important thing. My taste in music, uh, my preference in the tone of the service, how well the minister's sense of humor or lack thereof becomes central... But if you remember that worship is primarily something that you are now giving to God, something that you are offering up to the Lord out of your time that he has given to you, your criteria becomes, was I able to focus on God? Were the scriptures expounded in a way that I understood what that Bible passage means? There's a big difference of hearing some fun stories and understanding what the scripture read means. Were my affections lifted to Christ? Did I worship? Did I think about Jesus? And your criteria of good worship changes. And third, your participation will change radically. As I said, entertainment is pretty passive. Um, It doesn't take a whole lot of um, attention for me to enjoy fail blog. It doesn't take a lot of attention to, 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 to watch a, you know, a funny movie, but it takes attention to truly worship. It takes some attention to follow the lines of reasoning. Uh, reasoning. It, it takes some attention to, to listen to the prayer, to the lyrics of a song, to ponder them and to think about them. And worship, that is true worship, is not passive you see, if, if, if we're about entertainment, you sing a hymn if you like it. If you're worshiping, you sing because you are praising the God who made you. If, um, if it's about entertainment, the sermon can be a time to think of your to-do list or um, to, to daydream about other things. If it's truly worship and given, it's to be attentive to the scriptures. The scriptures and the explanation of the scriptures. If this is something passive, if it's something entertainment, as we are praying, it's a time to drift off and and think about what's for lunch. Um, But if it's true worship, as you pray, you think of your own prayers. You add to those. You follow the prayers so that you truly can say amen with the prayers that are being offered. When we worship, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. When we worship, we are fulfilling our vow of what it means to offer our service of God. But we also offer ourselves in ministry to others, and Romans twelve three and following talks about um, the different gifts that are given to the body. It talks about how we as a body are, 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 are different people and we have different measures of grace that are given to us. And that if you teach, you should do so well. If you, if you have resources to give, be generous. If you um, can serve someone else, if you encourage someone else, do that zealously. And it lists all these. And while that certainly, like our worship, you know, can mean many more things, at very basic, it means our life together and our service to one another. Um, should be marked by gracious giving and service and commitment to each other as well as people outside the walls of this church. Um, We present ourselves as living sacrifices in offering ourselves in service to one another. Um, You know this. You know that as we come, we commit ourselves... time to serving to giving of our resources and so I want to ask a a few questions to help you think about how do I truly do this how do I truly offer my time to to greet how do I truly offer my gifts in in singing how do I truly participate in the life of the church in a way that's God-pleasing there are ways that we can try to serve the church because we want our way There's ways we can try to give to the church because we're trying to make a bargain with God. There's ways that we can try to serve the church and that all that we're doing is filling our own needs. Thomas Merton said something to the effect that we minister by the grace given to us. If I am ministering to fill my own needs, I'm only spreading the emptiness around. Are you giving to God? Are you giving to God out of the grace He has given to you, or are you trying to give to yourself? The second is, um, are you giving to God? Are you serving God? Or are you serving an idol you've made of the church? I've been in many, many situations um, that where someone has needed a moderator to come into a church, the church getting close to being closed. Many times the building has become an idol. Many times the memories, the childhood memories of a select group has become an idol. Many times a group of people like me, but not like them, has become the idol. And there are ways that we can serve and give to a church that is giving and serving an idol, not giving and serving God. The final is, are you giving according to the grace given you? God asks nothing but merely to give according to the grace that was given to us. Nothing more, but just out of proportion of what he's blessed us with. Out of the abilities, out of the resources, out of the circumstances in your life, you're the only one who can judge that. There are times that you have needs that you have to tend to that mean you can't give to the church. There's other times you are able to work and to serve and give to the church. God knows and he wants us to do what is best according to the grace that is given to us. We vow to give, um, as the wording of the vow says, to the best of our ability. And I have to say, as I look out, as I get to know y'all, as I get to think about the abilities God has lavished upon this church, as I think about the people and the talents and the skills God has poured out on this church, It's absolutely exciting to think what God could call us to do. It is amazing to think about what our community could be if we take that vow seriously that we will do all of this to the best of our ability.